0: Our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Well, good morning, gang. Hey, welcome to the last part, I can't even believe it, of Sizzling Summer. It has been a wild season as a church. I mean, July was nuts so many churches kind of wind down because they expect everybody to go to Grand Haven and our church ramped things up with Justin Barclay and Pastor Eric and Garrett and, and men, even today as we're going after church to beach baptisms, we are not resting on our laurels in July. You guys have leaned into it. Aren't you excited, excited to be part of a church that's full of life and energy and making a real difference? I love it, and, and today's going to be great. If you have your Bibles, if you could, open with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. Uh, I, I do want to talk to you today about some pretty cool things. I think today will be kind of fun. Uh, two quick announcements before I jump into the message, uh, and that is that we are not doing small groups during the summer like we do them during the year. I, I've told you this, that during the year we have curriculum-based groups, they're meeting every week, and I found out from eight years of hitting my head against a wall with you people that you don't like doing that in the summer. In fact, doing something week after week, you don't like stacking those in July, you got to go to the beach where you can because the weather's going to be pretty grim here in a minute. And so we accept that. And what we did was we had social events like the Whitecaps games and other things like that, the, the Living in Freedom event, even making church fun, to have social events so you can connect with other people at the church. Two are coming up in short order. So we're having a golf outing. It's coming up on Saturday, August 6th. And that is for men and for women. And is that this Saturday? I think it's this Saturday, right? So I have no idea how to golf. I've been gifted golf clubs. I went into my office this morning, there they were. Don't check my Facebook, because I've been hard on golfing over the years. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be there. What's gonna happen? I have no idea. I feel like I'm gonna be like Rodney Dangerfield or something. I don't know. And so golf outing, come just for the laughs, but it's for men and for women. Uh, Also, we're having a woman's bunco event that's coming up on August 27th. That is only for ladies. So, if you are a dude and you show up, uh, they're going to think you're a creeper. And this is New Chapel, so they might take care of you themselves. And so, I just want to put a word of caution out there that, uh, but I, I know that that's a fun time for all the ladies. More information about that coming soon, but go to guest services to sign up on either of those. Get involved. Make relationships at this church. Don't make this something that you come in, consume, and leave. We're not like McChurch, McDonald's, whatever, like we're trying to build a family here. Can I hear an amen, church? Uh, the message that I have for you today is, it's a little bit shorter uh, than my normal message. Thankful that you didn't yell amen at that. And, and so... Uh, <laughs> I do think it will make a difference in your life. This is not a message that you're gonna leave here today and be like, man, he was talking just to me. like that." Was just, It's not like that. But at the same time, if Jesus was to walk in the room and if he was to stand in front of you and begin to preach to you, I believe he would talk about some of the themes we're gonna bring up today because it's a big deal. I know for a fact it's the heart of God. I had you turn to Luke's gospel chapter 19. Let me read for you starting in verse 10. The Bible says that the son of man, Jesus, he came to seek and save the lost. That's why he came to this world. If you're new to New Chapel, you need to know that about us, that we didn't start this church for church people. We started this church. Yes, church people are welcome here. We want you to praise the Lord. You don't have to sacrifice because we're this way, but we have made a very important discernment. We're not just for church people. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. That means outsiders, people that have no relationship with God, normal people. And so when they come in and they're confused by some of the lingo at some places, they can't relate to the music at all. Like, I gotta be honest. I love our worship, but... I would play bluegrass, which honestly we probably should do more of, but, but I would play whatever, harmonica music for you guys, if that would be the most effective thing to reach our culture. Does that make sense? And so we're a church that's focused on reaching people outside of these walls, and we don't have to make the discernment in between the church worshiping. Can I hear an amen? amen. We are immersed in the heart of what God is all about. We're building a place where even those people who are far from God can come into this place and experience Love and acceptance and forgiveness that they can come into this place and experience God like you and I do. And I don't want them to feel like outsiders. If you're brand new here and you're like, what is the deal with all these people? This is crazy. I don't know about it. If nothing else, leave this place knowing we love you and you, you're welcome here. You think you're nuts. And you're like, I don't know if I belong. Y'all nuts? Yeah. Shame the devil and tell the truth. Welcome home. Okay? Like, hallelujah. Let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You know, this year has been a banner year. I've been talking about it, but just dozens and dozens of salvations and the life change. We're actually baptizing 15 people have signed up. Typically when that's been happening, yeah, yeah. When we have 15 people sign up, typically 20 get baptized. That's the church you're at right now. That's what's happening. That's, that's what we're seeing more and more of. And, and I see the season that we're in and I see the season that we're going into in the fall. I'll talk about that in a second. But I think that we need to talk about sharing our faith, and we haven't talked that overtly about it in a while. I know the last two years it's been difficult to talk to anybody, but I think that it's time to recognize the season that we're in. We're in a season at this church, a season of unity. I believe that we're in a season of expanse, and we need to get ready and enlarge our tent for the great increase I believe God is going to bring. We need to reach people this fall. Amen, somebody? So sharing our faith, a couple thoughts about why we should do it. Let's share our faith. Number one it's our calling. (laughs) There's there's just a simple way of putting it. It's, It's why you're here. God wants you to share. It's why you're on earth. Before you found Jesus, your whole life was pointed towards finding Jesus. But once you found Jesus, your whole life, Christian, not just preachers, yours, is all focused around telling other people about Jesus. That's what it's all about. That's the call that's on your life. I talk to young people every once in a while, and I, I remember being so tenacious with God. You know, you can't even imagine me wearing this, but kayaking. I had a t shirt I would wear all the time. Jesus is my homeboy, right? <laughs> I went down to the family Christian bookstore when it existed, and, and I got me a bracelet. What would Jesus do? Because everyone would be like, hey, what would Jesus do? You know, like it's just, I don't know, making a point all the time or something. I don't know. But, but I, was, I was after God, and I wanted to know, God, what do you have for me? And people will ask me, you know, Pastor Joe, what is, what is God's call in my life? I want to read for you a little bit about that. Matthew 5. This is the message, but I think it's very, very straightforward. Let me tell you why you are here. Thank you, Jesus. You're here to be salt, seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Here's another way to put it. You're to be light, bring out the God colors of this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to be open with God, this generous Father in heaven. He says that you're called to be salt. You don't have to look far in our world, church, to see that the world is, is decaying. It's, it's going south. But let me just tell you, while it's going south, here's the good news. You're actually holding it back from really going south. You just wait till the church of Jesus Christ is out of here in a twinkling of an eye, and you watch what happens to society. You think that it's a base now. No, no, no. Salt is a preservative. There's a preserving factor for our presence. Ministry of presence in this earth, whether they like it or not, is holding back the, 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 the tide, really, of all of, of the moral degradation that we could see. So we're salt. But salt also adds seasoning to things. When Pastor Gabe George was here, I loved the compliment that he gave me. He said, your pastor's a little salty. And I thought, yes, Pastor, preach. You know, like, I like that. I'm not sinful. I'm a little naughty, though, sometimes. <laughs> People t- <laughs> you can't do that as a preacher. Watch me. <laughs> Hold my Gatorade. Like, watch this. It's going to be good. And like, I'm, I'm on the edge. I got one foot in gray, and I'm great with that, and, and, and I'm a little salty. And I think we as the church need to be that way. Yeah. I think that we thought that we're supposed to be just vanilla ice cream cone to everybody, and we need to be the people that are having fun. If you're a Christian and you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. You should be having a great time. You should be enjoying your life. Your life is for living. You have, you're on the right team. Let's start there, right? Like, we win. There's so many things about that that we need to realize. God wants us to be salt to this world and add in the seasoning. I'm convinced some of the reason why they're out there doing crazy stuff is because they're bored. They're bored because we're not giving them anything to do. We're putting out fires that they're starting. Why don't we start? We light this on fire. Why don't you chase us a little bit? We're going to have a little seasoning over here. We're having a party. We're having an event. We have some on ramps to the community. Say amen, somebody. That's the idea. And so we're salt, and then he says that we're light. Oh, Pastor Joe, the world's getting so dark. We're just holding on. We're going to back away from all of our relationships and bury ourselves in our house. Forget everybody else. It's too dark out there. Listen, friend. If you went outside right now to the parking lot and you brought out the, the, the flashlight on your phone, turned it on, and you tried to shine it around, nobody would see it. It'd be invisible. But if you go out in the middle of the night and you shine just your little iPhone, we could be a mile away. And as long as there's anything in the way, we could see that light, Right? The light shines brightest in the darkness. And so, yes, things are going down, but you are the light of the world. He, Jesus says you are a city on a hill that you're to stand in such a spot where you're saying, I'm salt. I'm preserving this world from going to hell in a handbasket. Okay? I'm salt. I'm adding my own seasoning. And I'm light. I'm going to show you how this thing is supposed to be living. I'm going to have a good time while I'm doing it. that is attractive to a world that is miserable, and they are. Well, Pastor Joe, I just want to keep my faith private. I just want to keep it all to myself. Let me just say, there's no such animal. That's bad English, and that's good preaching. Christian, if you're talking about Christianity, see, the world wants you to stay private. Well, you, can, you can be a Christian as long as it's all to yourself. But you're not describing Christianity. Not the, one, not the church led by Jesus. Because that is a city on the hill. We read it. You're, this is not, God is not a secret to be held secret, for, uh, hidden from everybody else. You are called to be open about this. Well, Pastor Joe, isn't it the case that like, some people go to heaven and some people go to hell and it was all decided beforehand? That's a popular opinion even in Grand Rapids. But I will tell you, it's just somebody's opinion. It's not in the Bible. You don't have a leg to stand on with any of that. Let me read for you God's heart. 2 Peter chapter 3, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone coming to what? Repentance. That's God's will for people to accept Christ. He wants everybody to go to heaven. And it's God's will for you to share about it. It's God's call on your life. Number two, write this down. We need to share our faith, really, because... People really need the Lord. Anybody else just kind of open your eyes and culture and being like, what? You know, Kai and I, we, were, we were at an antique store this past week. We, we had a little uh, away time away from the, the, the mob, the children, and, and uh, we were shopping in this one antique store, and, and this, these two ladies walked by and were like, what? You know, like, thank God our kids aren't here. Otherwise, it's like blinders every step of the way, you know, like, it's out there. And it's not just that. It's, it's so many other things. You know what I'm talking about. And, and people need God. Those are the things you can see. Lord looks at the heart. Think about all of that. This world really needs Jesus. And we need to realize that because they're not going to go to heaven without Jesus. Like, I'm not trying to build this church to have more people come in and listen to a talking head on Sunday. Trying to build you so you go out there and reach people because heaven and hell are real places. And we forget that, don't we? Well, I don't know, New Chapel's getting a little bit bigger you got to not make it about yourself. This is not getting bigger to appease anyone's personality. It's getting bigger because we're reaching people, and they're learning who the real God is through Jesus, and it's changing lives, and, and drug addicts are going off from all of that junk, and families are going back together, and those people that are, are just paralyzed with insecurities and approval addiction are finding their security in God. That's happening here. Yeah. Who am I to say, stop? And we got to lean into everything God is doing and realize that as we do it, we're affecting people. People's lives hang in the balance, everybody. John 3 and 17, it says this in message version, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. Everybody look at me for a second. We'll go back and read that in a minute, but look at me. You and I, if you attend New Chapel regularly, you're, you're likely a certain brand of people. We have every personality, but You're kind of like a, there's a right, wrong, black and white, right? Yeah, kind of going, right, you know, like, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Come on Tuesday. And so anyway, like, and so, so like, you're a certain type of person. Let me tell you one of our downfalls. Let me preface it with this. You're right. We're right. High five. You know, like, like we have the edge on it. Okay. But here's one of our pitfalls. Sometimes we're like them. And you'll judge someone and you'll, that, they're the devil. They're the devil. And you, you got that finger out and you're pointing people down. Let me tell you something. God didn't send Jesus so you can start pointing at his other kids that don't know him. That's the pot calling the kettle. You know what I'm saying? Like, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There was a day where you didn't know it all, if you can imagine that far back. And you have to remember when you're pointing at it. And listen, I'm not saying that they're not dealing with stuff. I'm not saying that they're not far from God. What I'm saying is this is not a spiritual gift in the Bible. <laughs> Let me read on. <laughs> that went over like a lead balloon. He did. <laughs> uh, he came to help. The Bible says <laughs> to put the world right again. He said it, I didn't. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without even knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind son of God when introduced to him. They miss it. But I believe this, that they, they really need him. Number three, write it down. Why do we share our faith? Because I think they actually want the Lord. We say, Pastor Joe, that's not what I'm seeing. If I take a temperature of this culture, it doesn't sound like they're just really hungry for God. Oh, they're screaming it. It's in front of your face. I remember when I was not a follower of God, and I was miserable. I wasn't happy in my life. There were moments of happiness, certainly no joy but moments of happiness. And that, that was a, an oasis in the middle of a desert. My life, I was not happy with my life. I hated Sundays. Anybody else hate Sundays before Christ? Like, all it was was the day before I had to go back to work. And because of my personality, like, I'm type A in so many ways that, that it's just, you know, like, I've got to get organized and whatever. I couldn't even enjoy it. I couldn't even enjoy my life. And, and, and you'd go through the motions in any career, just not like, yeah, I could do a career. You know, I could. I, I could. Nothing sounded fulfilling to me. It was miserable without God. And if you really think about that, God has more. I used to look for approval from everybody else. I had the worst approval addiction. You really almost can't imagine that with me now because of how I am. But I needed everybody to agree with me. Otherwise, I would wilt. I needed achievement to make me happy or accolades, fun, uh, parties, relationships. I needed things to stimulate me in order to experience any oasis of happiness. But it was not a visceral, deep joy that I needed. I was miserable. And here's what I believe, church. God has more. Amen? Amen. So what it says in John 10.10, Jesus said, I came so that people can have real and eternal life more and better than they ever dreamed of. Friend, the church knows this. The world might not say it, but that's what they want. They want a life that's better than they dreamed of. So many of them are living in misery, and all they want to do is pick the next fight or find the next, next crutch that they, they can go to to find some sort of fulfillment. But the reality is that they want a life that's better than the one that they're living. When I found a life-giving relationship with Jesus, let me just tell you, it's not that all hardship went away in my life. It's not that lit down, seized happening. But I was able to go through this world, through this existence with a peace and a joy, and a deep fulfillment like nothing I experienced in this world. You might be going through a bad time, Christian, but let me just help you. Even on your worst day, it's always better with Jesus. God is good, and he has more, and this world wants that. Can I hear an amen, church? They want it. Number four, got to move on. We share our faith, hopefully, because we get it. Like, I get it. I understand what it's like before I was saved. We get that we were once lost. And we didn't have it all together, whatever that even means for us in the room. I had someone make an incredible impact on me. And as long as I minister, she'll be celebrated. She's like that widow woman in the Bible for me. Her name's Cheryl. And she became kind of a mama for us and invested in me and helped disciple me and she took the time to answer my questions when I was so rough around the edges with my Jesus is my homeboy shirt. and She was patient and she was kind. And if you really think about the person that won you to Christ, likely some of those adjectives describe them. Patient and kind and sweet. And they were willing to answer questions. And they were, they were, they were inviting you in. And she remembered what it was like to be a person that didn't have the truth, didn't have the, the, the hope of God in, in their life, and she, she would be patient. And so when I accepted Christ, I had to tell everybody about it. So she was, she was kind of like, had this bend to her, like, I've got to help Joe, I've got to help these people. And when I accepted Christ, like, I needed the help, but also, like, I needed to tell other people about Jesus. And that's a sensation that happens in your heart. If you don't suppress it for too long, it's something that can actually be a, a great tool and lead you. You can resurrect it, but let me read for you what it looks like. 2 Corinthians 5. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. That convincing is like, I know that I know that I know that God changed me. And so what are you doing? You're, you're compelled. i got to talk to people. i got to help people out along the journey. I've got to tell other people about what God has done in my heart. i got to make sure that you know that I'm different than I was. I say it all the time, but indulge me. People who knew me don't recognize me, and I pray that for you. I pray that you trek with God so he begins to do that heart work on you, and it doesn't happen overnight. You'll still be rough around the edges for years, I'm convinced, but when you trek with God, they'll see that work happen in your heart. Can you say amen, somebody? I read a stat recently, and it basically conveyed this, that 88% 88% of people would be likely to go to church with you or hear you talk about Jesus if you, to the best of your ability, are, are trying to live like Jesus. Does not mean that you're perfect. It would mean that, like, even if you do mess up or they're driving with you and somebody cuts you off and you give an note, hallelujah, accidentally, you know, like, at least you're like, oh, Lord, forgive me, you know, like... But you're not a hypocrite. You're not living one way and then, and then trying to preach to them about another one. But, but if somebody's, to the best of their ability, trying to live like Jesus, wherever you're at in that journey, 88% of people are just going to listen to you, and they're, they're willing to listen about Jesus. They're willing to come with you to church and start the journey. And the opposite stat is true, that if you are one of those hypocrites that's telling everybody else how to live, but at the same time living in a completely different way, and you know what I'm talking about that 88% of people, when they see you, you can talk about it, invite them to church, and they blow you off. So like how, how we live this thing out is massive to God. The Bible talks a lot about us being born again, but the Bible also talks about us being regenerated, changed from the inside out. And living God's way changes things. Let me read it for you out of Galatians 5. This is what it says in the message version. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. What is this describing? A journey. This does not happen the day that you accept Christ. And if you've been a Christ follower for any amount of time, you wish that entire list was active in your life. But at the same time, if you just trek with God, these changes will begin to happen because he'll deal with you on things. He'll deal with you about your attitude. He'll deal with you about how you talk about other people. Oh man, my greatest strength is my greatest weakness. And this last week, I had some people that were on display and all I wanted to do was talk about them. And Kai had to be Playing the role of the Holy Spirit and helping her husband be like, Well, we shouldn't talk that way. That's negative, you know. It's true, you know. (laughs) You're laughing at me, you know. And so, but one translation of that passage, I'm just gonna give you excerpts of it, but it's powerful. It talks about joy that overflows, it talks about peace that subdues, a patience that endures kindness in action, faith that prevails gentleness of heart, but strength of spirit. That's what God wants to work out in you. And let me just tell you, whether you accepted Christ last week and you're just seeing the first steps of that joy, that joy that you're taking a step in, if you're not a hypocrite, right? If you're just Trekking with Jesus, you might not be everywhere that you're going to be by the time we land the ship, but that little drop that you have, that step that you took, that is attractive to the world, everybody. You don't have to be perfect when these things start in your life. Even that draws people in. And when you trek with Jesus for a long time, I'm telling you, there's people in this church, these attributes are active in your life. Kathy and Sheila and so many of of the rest of you, these are active and it draws people to you. They love that about you. And and those things actually bring out better things in us. And it's the same way in the world, everybody. It's the same exact way. Here's what I'm trying to convey about, about this concept of understanding that we weren't always saved. We need to, write it down, live in such a way that makes people want to know God And again, not perfection, but just I'm trekking with Jesus. And that right there is enough for somebody to be like, I want what you have. Okay, that's the why we should share our faith. I'm going to give you just three quick ones, three quick points on on how we do it, on some steps we could take to share our faith in the world. Y'all ready? Okay, here we go. Number one, we need to be salt and light. Number one, how? By leveraging the moments that God brings you, leveraging moments, moments. Your life is built of these moments, and I'm convinced that our society right now is missing out on them. So Kai and I, will talk every once in a while about uh, the good old days, and let me tell you what the good old days are. 2006 and back. Because the guy with the Palm Pilot didn't really bother me. It's the iPhone, and I have an iPhone, but everybody got immersed Started in 2007, right? Immersed in their phone. And so you might have gone to Grand Haven this summer. Did you see it? Everybody's like, let me just film it. i have got to film this. Take pictures. Take selfies. They're, the sun's going down. Look at it. But they can't even see it. You go into a store or a restaurant. Everybody's taking pictures of their food. Or, or somebody has a question. Like, well, let me just Google it real quick. Let me just Google it. You know... I remember having the satisfaction of asking a question nobody knew the answer. Just let it be. <laughs> Come on, Beatles anointing. Just throw it out, questions. I don't need you to answer it. We are so immersed in our phones that we're missing out on our lives. Now, the world would even tell you that. There's documentaries that are worldly that are telling you that. We feel like we have to bring our camera. Here's just a little homework assignment from your pastor. I love you. The next time you go to Grand Haven, leave your phone in the car. Well, we were going to take the kids out there and take pictures of them. Okay, from the time I was born until the time I was 18, there's like three pictures of me, everybody. I'm still here. I exist. Your kid's going to be just fine without all... To document the trip to Grand Haven of the 345th time you've been to the same jungle gym. Get a life. Go out there and experience the jungle gym. Get on the monkey bars with your kids. My Lance, I'm trying to make you live longer. Go work that thing out, everybody. Like... Your life's for living. Stop taking videos of sunsets. You're not going to watch those. (laughs) Look at it. (laughs) And while your phone is right in front of your face where you're at Meijer, where you're at any store, where you're at Tanger Outlets, where you're at the beach, you're not seeing anyone else around you. And you think that you're being social on social media, tracking with everybody. I really think if you took inventory, how many of those people do you actually know? Are you doing life with them? You think you are because you have augmented reality and your head's right here. Who cares what they did, where they went, they got a new dog, I don't like it. You know, just close it, move on. And open your eyes and see the people that are around you. Heaven and hell are still real. You're looking for moments. You're looking for moments, uh, moments in the restaurant with a waiter. Uh, you're I'm famous for talking to people in a toll booth. Kaya starts cracking up, but I'll, I'll start talking to somebody. We go down to Oklahoma every once in a while, and there's this toll booth. It's like five bucks that you have to pay, and I'm an organized person, type A, right? Like, so I've got my little gold coin dollars, right? It's more convenient with a toll you don't know, right? I'm that special brand of OCD that's in alphabetical order, CDO, and so I'll start talking to them and start cutting up with them. There's nobody behind, I just because we look at them like they're part of the machinery. Is that weird to you? And so, so whether we're at a restaurant or whether we're going through a toll booth, I look for opportunities, moments where you can talk. You might not lead somebody's Lord in a toll booth, though that's a very admirable goal. Game on, whoever's first wins. <laughs> but you can put pennies in the mason's yard. I remember one time uh, I was at the gas station at the marathon and and I was uh, I was getting some snacks for the road some honey roasted peanuts to the glory of God and I'm I'm getting ready to check out and I can see that this young lady is is upset she's tore back I said you doing okay and and she's kind of looking down on the time and 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 she goes no and when she said no she she said it in such a way you know what I'm talking about she said paragraphs I said okay I said, "What's going on?" She said, I can't. You start choking up, and I feel like, "Oh gosh, don't make her cry," you know. Like, and I said, "Okay, I'm a Christian. I don't know if that means anything to you." She says, "It does." I said, "I'm going to go right over there, and I'm going to bow my head. You're going to see me. I'm going to be praying for you. What's your name?" She gave me her name. I said, I'm going to be praying for you, by, by name to God. God knows me. And she's like, "Okay." and there are people behind me, and I, I didn't want to get her in trouble, because I don't know, maybe her boss is yelling at her, and that was the trouble. Well, I go over there, and, and you know, I'm not doing it for show, but I am doing it in a way that she can see me, so she knows somebody's, somebody's got her back, and I, I pray to God, and I go through the prayer, and I'm just like, God, whatever, whatever she's going through, I have no idea, but I, I lift up her name right now, God, I pray for that lady, and she sees me, and she goes, thank you, you know, and I, I go out to the rest of my world. Well, the next time I go there, and I see her, she's like, thank you, I'm going through this custody thing, and and, and she tells me about her life, and I pray for her again. But let me just tell you, like, I'd like to say at that moment, all of a sudden, just as I am, came on the intercom at Marathon. And, and every head bowed and every eye closed in the presence of God. You know, it wasn't like that. I don't have a, like, she accepted Christ at that moment, and she became a partner at New Chapel. I don't have it. But I can tell you this. God can trust me to get to anybody. And then, and then maybe somebody else that lives closer to her, maybe she will come here, but they're going to take in that harvest. But I'm telling you, she's a marked woman. She's going to have a relationship with God. But I look for moments. I'm not looking through people. I'm looking at them. Yeah, right. Guys, right. oh, I could preach a whole message on that. We, we're distracted. Psalm 37, I got to move on. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Is it possible that God is ordering your steps to be around people and you don't even see them because your nose is in a phone? Man, the old preachers, you know what they would talk about? they talk about divine appointments. Forget the fact that we're trying to reach them for Jesus. I think that's a noble cause. How about the divine appointments God's trying to bring into your life? Relationships you need to be everything God has called you to be. Are you looking or are you letting them pass by? Because you're looking at whoever bought the this or that and you're immersed in this thing. I Tell you what, if I was the devil, I would create something so close to you to distract you, I could put it right in your pocket and hold you back from divine appointments, relationships, and people that need you. Selah. I got to move on. Number two, how do we do this? We're going to live as salt and light to the world, reaching out to people by focusing on how we're living. Now, uh, I'm not really a sin preacher. Like, I'll talk about sin, but I'm, I'm not really trying to bash anybody. If anything, I'm trying to relate with you. So, like, I'm a pretty nice guy. If you've met me, I'm a nice guy. I'm Barely save when I'm driving. on 131, everybody. Like, it's just, <laughs> pray, pray for your pastor. It's a lot. And so, like, I'm not trying to, like, flex in front of you. In fact, it's one of the reasons why I've asked the team. They keep on shooting me down, but I've asked them to make you sign a waiver when you get one of our bumper stickers because I know how you live. And, and so, <laughs> a couple thoughts about how we live. We need to be positive and not negative. Positive and not negative. Kai, write that down for me. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Part of your gift, like if you're, if you're part of our people, whatever, you're right, wrong, black, white, whatever, you know, it, it can go negative on you because you'll start thinking about this world and what's going on and how, like, simple... <laughs> Simple decisions would fix so much for so many people, right? And you'll start going negative, and, and the problem is this. some of you guys are sharp, really, really sharp. And you'll start to think about it, and your river runs deep. That's part of your gift. But you'll start to combat thoughts with thoughts, and you don't externalize or talk about, it, and you go negative. You start to spiral downward. You know what I'm talking about, everybody? And so, so you go negative, and so then when somebody talks about, you, ah, it's all crumbling. You know? It's, Whoa, gosh, where did that come from? Are you okay? You know? And and so we gotta stay positive whenever. Whenever I bring to you something negative, I couple it with something positive. You might not have even noticed it. So I talked about the world is dark, but I talked about you being a light, right? Yeah. That, that, that Let me put it this way. Your best days are ahead of you. That, that you were born for such a time as this. Well, wow, Pastor Joe, so much is going dark. Oh, let me tell you, you were born for this moment, which tells me that, that you can raise godly kids in a culture like this, that you can have a great marriage when the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You can, you can. So it is negative, but in the negative, there's a veiled positive in it all. Say amen, somebody. Well, I could never serve a God that, that sends people to hell. <sighs> Neither could I. In fact, if you want to go to hell, you will have to step over a very loving Jesus that gave his life for you. The Bible says in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everybody. And so is there a negative? Yeah, there's a hell, the world is dark but God gave us the most eternal, life-giving message of all. And he gave us a light to show to this world we have to, we have to stay away from the negative, negative, <clears throat> negativism. Everybody's upset. You notice that? Small wars are being fought on Facebook. Everybody's angry about everything. He's angry. I can't believe he did that. I'm done with him. It's making me anxious. listening to you so upset you know what if you'd make the decision I'm not going negative on this I'm not going to like be evasive I'm going to acknowledge what's happening okay faith is not ignoring what's actually happening but I'm going to have a positive outlook and say Jesus is king I'm on the winning side Jesus is on the throne we're going to get through this thing then when you get into those little tiffs with people do you want to know the secret to making them just as angry as a hornet you being happy 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 I don't know. I just don't see it that way because of this. You know, you know, just (laughs) let's suffice it to say, be positive and not negative. Say amen, somebody. Help me out. (laughs) Got to move on. Let's give patience, not pressing. Patience, not pressing. You don't have to get them saved day one, they don't have to come to church with you the first time that you invite them. Why do we think that we have to have instant results? It's because you feel a pressure to perform. Don't feel that. People don't respond well to all the high-pressure stuff. In fact, it makes them bow a little bit, makes them resist it. I have a friend, a lifelong friend. I I love this guy. He's brilliant, likely a genius in the the truest sense. If you were to meet him, he's something like a mix in between Dr. House and Weird Al Yankovank, okay, like right in the middle. And if you met him, you'd know. But he's brilliant, and, and, and because of that brilliance, honestly, I think it's given him a little bit of anxiety about things, and he is self-medicated from the time we were in middle school together and then in high school, and he spent so many years in prison, lost his family, the whole deal, and I'd go visit him in Jackson. I'd, I'd sit down with him and talk and do the whole thing. I was the only other person outside of his mom that visited him in that whole time. And uh, anyway, I, I talked to him about the Lord. I talked to him about his faith, and he was very resistant at first. Eventually, he accepted Christ in there. Now, now he was raised like I was raised. We were Baptists, you know. Like, but he said, I don't think I was saved back then. I think I really got saved in prison. I said, praise the Lord. Whatever. Like, I'm great. And, and then he says, I'm a Messianic Jew. And I said, awesome. You know, like... If you don't know what that is, they're a Christian, but they celebrate all of the Jewish feasts, and they, they really lean into the... And look, there's a lot of stock in that, by the way. And so uh, I said, awesome, shalom, you know, like <laughs> mazel tov. And, and I prayed for him, and he got out. He got out of prison. And the first place that he went was here because he wanted to see me. And, then, and that was during the week. He just wanted to stop in. And see. I was blown away to see him. I hugged his neck. And then he came in for church service. I was like, yes, years of prayer. And here he is. But then he fell away. Where'd he go? Can't find him. Can't get in touch with him. He was going to come over one night. Didn't come over. Eventually, I, I'm reaching out like, hey, just here for it. Just checking in. Everything okay? Invited him out to breakfast. He says, yeah, yeah, I'll come. Doesn't make it. I'm there. i Mr. Burger all alone, which is fine. But, uh, and so I was like, hey, how about tomorrow? We'll hit breakfast real early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, tomorrow's better. He doesn't show. And finally, he just he Facebook messaged me. He says, I just don't want you to see me like this. So I'm living in my car. I said, I don't care what you look like. And you know, you can't, you can't give a hard press on people. You have to be patient and kind. And sometimes you want to shake them and say, what's wrong with you? But the truth is, some of those people know exactly what's going on. They know the truth, and that's what's eating them up in many ways. And so we need to be patient and loving. What does 2 Timothy 2 say? Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. The Lord's servants must not quarrel but must be kind to everyone. They must be able to teach effectively and be patient with difficult people. And be patient with difficult people. They should gently teach those who oppose the truth. Now, does that apply to your small Facebook wars that you fought? Sure. But you know what it's really talking about? Is that person in your life that you can see better for them than they can even see. That you've tried to help them over and over again. And it's trying to say, be patient with difficult people. Why? They're difficult. They don't deserve the grace that you're giving them. But yet, you got to be patient with them along the way. And I believe in God's good time. I will see him back in this church. I, I believe I'll see him with his feet on the ground. He will live and die, not die, and declare the works of the Lord. I believe with a long life, he'll be satisfied. And God will see him through all of this fog that he's living in. But i got to be patient because I'm not God. And friend with some of the family members that you know that you can see better for them, or some of the people out there that should know the truth. You have to be patient and loving and be willing to work the process. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Finally, let's give unconditional love. I'll go on to point three in a second. Like not conditional, like, like no strings attached. And again, our crowd, truth people, right and wrong, I get it. It doesn't mean you have to approve of everything that they do. But it does mean that you have to accept them. Not what they're doing, not how they're living, but their intrinsic value. You look at them and say, God wants them. God loves them. He sees one of his lost kids, a son or daughter, that's astray. So I don't have to prove of anything, and I can still be in their life. You do not have to like what they do, but can you like them? I'll tell you what. The hardship I've had in my adult life, most of it came from church people. You know some of the easiest people to get along with? People up where I grew up in, backwoods country folk that know that they're screwed up. Some of them, you can take their word over anybody's. And I've learned this, and it's been over time, that you need to love people without condition. I don't have to prove of everything that you do, but I can put my arm around some of those country folk and love them. And I believe I'm going to get them. I believe I'm going to show them the merit of how great Christ is in this world. We're going to get them all, everybody. but, 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 But our heart has to be, I accept you. You have a seat at the table. You're accepted here. You know why? Because while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. He accepted us, made an offering for you before you ever, ever made one step towards him. Wow, I gotta move on. Number three, we live as salt and, and as light by, number three, giving the message of hope to a broken world. It's not the message of I'm right and you're wrong. It's a message of hope, and that's what the world really needs. They don't see it, and so they are grasping at straws to try to hold on to whatever control that they can muster up. The reality is you realize that my life is not my own. I put control in in the hands of a Lord. There's so much more resolve and security there. Next month, uh, next week, uh, we're going into a series called Into the Future, And it's going to be a fun time. It is a themed series, and we themed it off from a secular movie. Oh, no. It's themed after Back to the Future, and we're going to have a riot. I'm I'm going to enjoy myself like you've never seen me have a fun time on stage. But it doesn't mean that we've gone cute church on you or that we're going to water down anything about the message that we bring across. If anything, we're going to go straight towards the heart. The byline to the series is, is into the future, right? God has more. And the kids are going to be dressing up every week. I think next week is fabulous 50s, so have your kids dressed up in poodle skirts and everything. Like We're going to have fun at church, but we're going to go deep. And really, it's to kick off a season. The Lord spoke to me and the team as we had a staff advance a couple of weeks ago. And it was that we were to have a spiritual growth campaign starting in October and going for six weeks. More than just a series, this is called Made for More. If you've been around New Chapel for a while, you've heard that as a buzzword. This is going to be six weeks of focus on God's purpose for our lives, and we are going to spend all of August and all of September preparing for what God will do in the life of our church in the month of October and in the first week of November. I believe this. We're going to see spiritual growth in our families and in our lives here at church. Depth is going to grow in at this church, but we're also going to grow numerically like you've never seen before. I think we'll look back and say that was the tipping point at New Chapel, what God did in that month. And we're starting it next week, and we're starting it talking about purpose. And here's the deal. As I even talk about things like that, hope rises up in your heart because it was hope that drew you to God. I'm telling you guys. They know that they're sinners. When I was a sinner, I knew I was a sinner. they say, Joe Bevilacqua, you're going to hell. I'd be like, I know. I know I'm going to hell. I wasn't happy about it, but i tell you the truth. Gosh, some sinners are more honest than church folk. <laughs> they know that. It's the hope. It's a message that's filled with hope. Let me read this scripture for you, and I'm going to pray. 1 Peter 3. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it how? Gentleness and respect. So there's an approach to all of this. There's a way. But then what's the message? When people ask you what's different, don't say, oh, you know, God's done a really good thing, and breeze over it. No, no, no. That's your moment. God's setting you up in a moment. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's your moment. Give an answer for the hope talk about what God has done. Look, I haven't arrived, but I'm so much better than I was, and and God's really done something in me. I have a relationship with Jesus. We've been going by the church, and the ceiling did not cave in on me. Like, tell them what God's doing, and when you do that with gentleness and respect, I'm telling you, it is one of the most attractive things to the world because they are starving for something real. They are grasping at straws, and here's what I believe. New Chapel. We know the one that holds truth and hope in his hands. We believe that God has a tomorrow. We're a church called to make an impact on this world. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Our best days are ahead of us. We have hope in our heart. We're not going negative like the world. We have that joy, joy, joy. Come on, somebody. And, and no devil in hell is going to stop us. And when we bring that salt and light to this world, that is where we will make a difference. When we show this world that there's so much more than us just being right and they're wrong, friend, you will be salt and light, and we will make fast work of that end time revival. Amen, Amen, somebody? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, as I preach this message today, you're doing your thing. The Holy Spirit of God is working on people's hearts, bringing up faces and names of people people in their orbit, people that they can reach out to, invest in, maybe areas where they went negative and and maybe had a bad testimony. God, I pray that you show my church right now names and faces, names and faces, names and faces of people that they can make some impact on, make an invitation, maybe to Jesus, maybe to share their seat at church. God, I pray that you would make our church not just an audience but an army. God, we wouldn't just be those that come in and have some sort of agreement club that, yes, you're right, yes, you're right. No, no, no. It's not just about us in this room. It's about people that are far from God, a God that loves the world, so loves the world. So, Lord, help us to be salt and light. God, I pray that you'd take people outside of their comfort zone and let them know that's okay. Okay. God, show people how they can do it in the context of their personality and beyond what they personally can do. God, I pray for holy boldness in Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed, just for one more minute. If you're in the room and, and you don't have a relationship with God, but you heard us talk about a God that loves you, I want to give you an opportunity to make peace with him. Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And, God has one son, his name's Jesus. When you call Jesus the Lord of your life, boss, in other words, you're done trying to be the boss of the universe, you're ready to put him in control. When that happens, the Bible says you'll be saved. That is a, a heaven to gain, you'll avoid a Christless hell, but listen to me, friend, it is the eternal life you've been looking for, and it doesn't start when you die, it starts the moment that you accept him as your Lord. That joy, that peace that you've been looking for, it's on the other end of amen. You make him Lord, he'll make all things new. Not that everything will be perfect, but even on your worst day, it's better with Jesus. And so if that's you in this room and you want to make peace with your God, it's through Jesus. We're going to pray. If you mean it from the bottom of your heart, you'll be saved. And church, I want you to say it with these people. Say it as a declaration of your faith and also say it in support of them. They're making the best decision of their life. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Pray this out loud with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place for my sins so I can be forgiven. You raised him from the dead. This I believe. So with my heart and with these words, I confess. Jesus Christ is my Lord. I surrender now. Jesus, I call on you. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Put your spirit in me. me. I receive all that you have for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for for making all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Give it up for those people that accepted Christ. Praise God. The reason why we're celebrating is because we know the peace that follows that decision. So if you accepted Christ, let somebody know about it. I'm not going to call you down to the front, but those same connection cards that we talked about earlier, grab one and check the box that says, I accepted Christ. I'll send you a note talking about next steps that God has for you in your walk of faith with him. God has great things for you, and the least of which is to fill out that card. Be bold enough to do it. Uh, Church, one more time. Can we give it up to those people that accepted Christ today? Praise God. Stand up on your feet, gang. I hope that you enjoyed sizzling summer, and we're not backing off. Next month is going to be a riot into the future, amen? Amen. Uh, Two quick announcements before we dismiss, the first of which is we have new merchandise available over at guest services, and it never really lasts long unless you get like weird sizes that are like end up being belly shirts but are 3X at the same time or something weird. And so uh, you're going to want to get those while you can. Uh, We have a lot of different sizes right now. And so uh, fun stuff, sweatshirts and T-shirts, we make nothing off from it. But you guys ask us so much that I literally take time and announcements to let you know what's going on. And so hashtag bougie bougie, grab your merch over at Guest Services. And then finally, after church today, after we dismiss, we are going straight to Beach Baptism. So you got a little card when you came in. Could everybody just grab that real quick, grab that card? Grab that card, grab that card. Show it to me when you have it. Show it to me, show it to me, show it to me. Everybody say, this is my card. I can have what it says I have. I can do what, oh, just kidding. Different church, different church, different church. Uh, We are not going to Grand Haven. We felt like that factored a lot of people out. And so uh, one of the really generous families that attends our church has offered us to go to their lake house. And there's room enough for everybody. We got a big old tent. This will be more of a church picnic than our church picnic. We've got the same food, okay? So, like, it's going to be a riot. I hope that you brought your bathing suit. Even if you didn't come to this, meet people and watch people get baptized. God wants us to do great things, and for some of you, you just need to get wet. To that, the Bible commands me to do this, so I'm just going to say it. It's found in the book of Acts. If you're not water baptized, listen to me. I command you to be water baptized. You need to get water baptized. God has these great things, the least of which is to get wet, and so, so if you're the big man of the family, you're solid, you're tough, you wear the pants, go get your pants wet today. <laughs> now, we have shorts and T-shirts you can change into, towels, everything, your undergarments for women. We have FHPs and hair curlers and everything you can imagine. It's all out there at the lake house waiting for you. There's no reason. So if you're like, well, I'm not ready for it go get baptized today. And here's what I believe. We have a huge crowd that comes out to our Grand Haven Beach Baptisms. I believe it's going to be slam-packed today, and it's going to be a riot out there at Cranberry Lake. And so follow those instructions. We'll meet you out there. Babe, come up here. Let's pray for the people. Give it up for my beautiful bride, everybody. We love you guys so much. I'll be out there in a minute, and I'll be baptizing whoever would like to. We have 15 already, and typically when 15 sign up, 20 end up getting baptized. So Can't wait to see you there. We love you guys. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And as you go, see you guys at the lake.